that's a growler. Do you feel like you took a wrong turn in life? Welcome to Morrow's Motivations, where we talk with people who educate, motivate, and captivate you with inspirational stories. Here's Dontrell. All right, Roger, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, doing super well. I'm grateful to be with you, Dontrell. Grateful to have you as a friend and to be on your show here. This is a privilege. Likewise, brother. I really appreciate you joining me today, and I appreciate the opportunity that I have to revisit you and your life and what you've been doing since we last saw each other. For everyone listening, Roger and I actually met one another while we were in college in our undergraduate degrees, and we had the opportunity to serve as campus mentors together, which that whole experience pretty much shaped the theme of my life and what I knew I wanted to do and how I wanted to serve and help individuals. And so you were actually a very good mentor to me, especially in those early couple of years when I was getting my footing and trying to realize what I wanted to do on campus. And so thank you so much for being that for me on the campus. Oh, you're kind, Dontra. Well, likewise, you're you're one of the uh, kindest, most thoughtful, and conscientious people I know. You're just you have a heart made of gold, and so it's a blessing to oh, know dude. you, brother. It really is, dude. Thank you. I I appreciate that. You bet, man. So a little bit about yourself. The one thing I love about your story, I mean, you've always been this positive, outgoing person. From the day I met you, I could I could just see that the sunshine everywhere that you went. And you've been able to do a lot of great things. I follow you a little bit on social media and kind of see that you've been doing several different things in the last, oh, I'd say probably like six years um, since we last saw one another um, in person when we were at the school together. But I wanted you just to talk a little bit about, first, how you personally define success. Oh, you bet. That's a good question. I I think uh, the world generally defines success differently from individual to individual. You know, I wish there was just one overlying definition of what success actually is, but Clay Christensen, who just recently passed away, was a bright business mind, you know, coming out of of being a professor at Harvard for many years and a very, very intelligent innovator in the business space. And he wrote a book called How Will You Measure Your Life? I think really my success is defined by the success of other people. I, I think I will find myself having led a successful life if I can, you know, at the end of my life, when I can look back and see that I've helped a lot of other people find success and happiness and satisfaction and fulfillment with the lives that they chose to lead. You know, I, I think that's really what it uh, what it stems from. There's no better way to find real uh, satisfaction in life uh, than by just serving other people. There's a great book by Simon Sinek. Uh, it's called Leaders Eat Last. And uh, he also wrote the book, Start With Why. Both, both are really good books. And if you haven't read Start With Why, that's a great read. Uh, Leaders Eat Last is also a really good read. It just talks about the importance of putting other people first. And I think that's how I would define success. Dude, I completely agree. I know that was our motto and mantra that we had, especially serving as campus mentors together. And I love that. I'm curious, how are you able to help bring others to success in, in this time period? Yeah, I think um, I think there's always opportunities to do good for other people. And I think I had a good leader that had taught me that um, it should always hurt to give. 
you know, I think, I think that's important that giving usually is only giving when it's hard to do. And so I think, uh, usually it requires some sort of sacrifice. You know, it's, it's, uh, something that requires you to kind of go out of your way or do something that's a bit challenging to really help somebody else, you know, and in my business, it's been that way, you know, looking out for employees, making sure that they're taken care of in whether it's ecclesiastical pursuits, you know, and church stuff. I think we generally try to put our own needs and desires aside and focus on the needs of other people. And uh, I think that's how we can help. You know, it's usually hard to, to help. It gets us out of our comfort zone. You know, it's usually easier to be comfortable and getting uncomfortable provides a way for us to do things for other people and make their lives better. I love that. That is such a very good way to look at it. Like if, if it's truly meaningful, it has to be hard to give and hard to do it. That's right. Yeah. I think we're at a time right now currently where hopefully we'll see a lot of that occur, you know, as we're, we're facing right now in this time when we record this, the coronavirus. And already, you know, you see signs of that and evidences of that of people going out of their way to make sure that they can help those who are in need right away of, of help and of assistance. So your life right now, what you're doing, what personal examples do you think that you've had in your experiences or navigated you down path of your current career? No, good question. Uh, there's a great book uh, written by an individual named Ryan Holiday who kind of follows this idea of stoicism. It's not a belief system that I tend to stick rigidly to, to but he, he likes it a lot. And the title of the book is entitled The Obstacle is the Way. And I like that book because it's important to realize that we all get to where we want to go by going through things that are challenging and by finding opportunities in opposition. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of opposition that we encounter in our lives individually and collectively. And that can be either as a nation or as a state or as a family unit or in a marital situation or any sort of relationship. And those hard things strengthen who we are as people and the relationships that we enjoy with each other. And so that's kind of where I've got, you know, in, in my business, we've encountered a lot of really, really hard times and a lot of really, really good times, you know, and it's the hard times that make the good times so meaningful, as cliche as that sounds. And as often as people talk about that, the hard things make the successes very, very valuable uh, because you paid a price, you know, to, to get them. And so that's, it's, it's a satisfying experience. Yes, yes, it is. Talk to me a little bit about how you got started with your business in particular. What exactly led you to that area from what you were doing after you finished school? Yeah, I, uh, I'd been hired after my schooling program to uh, go do large asset real estate, helping out with managing large properties for a company called Hospitium Partners. And it, it was a, a tough situation that the owner of the company had built a really large property right as oil prices had increased, which made it so fracking had stopped in the area that I was in, which affected that economy drastically. So for that reason, didn't end up working out because that property ended up not being a good fit for his business. And so he had hired me to go help out with that property, but there was no one up there in Montana to stimulate the economy of people going to that hotel. And so for that reason, I left that position and started working as a business intelligence analyst, running analytics and doing some programming for Vivint Solar. And that was a good experience. However, I just, I wanted to be able to change the world in some way, make a positive dent on um, society at large, you know, and I wanted to do something positive for humanity. And I, I think, you know, in a small way, we can do that in our 
businesses that we grow and hopefully impact it in a larger way as things can move forward. You know, you, you want to be able to make as large of an impact as you can. But that's why I started my company, you know, and it's nice because just like a human being, a business evolves over time. You know, that it uh, it grows from something you, you often hear people say, like their business is their baby, you know, but uh, that's it's kind of how it starts. It starts off as something that you're just kind of learning how to grow. You're trying to make sure you don't break anything, you know, and that you take care of it. And as time goes on, you kind of make pivots, you know, along the way. And some of the things you thought were really good ideas end up being really bad ideas. And some of the ideas that you're trying to mull over in your head actually end up being really good ideas. They end up working out. I've got a really good team. You know, that that helps a ton. I've got uh, my brother actually works here with me and he's brilliant. Very, very bright guy. His name's Cody and he helps out a lot, you know, with these strategic business decisions. And so it's nice to have people to kind of lean on to in business. So that's kind of how I got to, to where I was. A lot of trial and error, a lot of failure. I think failure is one of the best things anyone can ever experience because it enables us to be able to to grow. There's no growth without readjustments, you know, and pivoting into the success that you want to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so in that situation, in those situations, when you felt like your back was against the wall, you tried to just look at like what else you could do. You didn't just stop and say, okay, well, I'm just going to completely just abandon my ability and my purpose to want to help people. I'm just going to do it in another way and find another facet that that would work for me. That's right. Yeah, I think in a business, there's always times when you're backed up against the wall and you kind of have to find new solutions. Right now, like you had mentioned, it's a great example of that happening. You know, we're mm-hmm. with the coronavirus, it, it's affecting a lot of small to medium sized businesses across the country. And for that reason, you, you know, as, as the owner of a company, you have to sit back and kind of look at it at a macro level and say, okay, so what is this? look like for the company and what pivots do we need to make to adjust these things in order to be successful you know there's there's company there's companies that have done exceptional jobs at addressing problems proactively one of those companies that's been very successful at doing that was Walmart you know Walmart uh, had a real giant that they were going up against with Amazon and online retail but they found that they could be more effective logistically with distribution centers located throughout the US and that that created some real uh, proficiencies that Amazon didn't have. You know, and that's that's a company that did well at kind of looking at the current economic climate and saying, okay, what needs to happen in order for us to find success? And then there's companies that have done a very poor job. Unfortunately, they were they had smart leaders, but they just didn't ad- address the economy in, in a way that was very effective. And two of those companies would be Kodak and Nokia. You know, mm-hmm. Kodak was a a camera producer. And when the digital camera was introduced, they didn't really hop on board. Um, Nokia was a obviously a ginormous cell phone um, producer, one of the first. When, when smartphones came around, they decided not to hop on board. And so mm-hmm. we can be smart and evolve as time moves forward and the economy changes. We have to be willing to pivot and change. And if you don't, if you're not constantly innovating, then you're, you're going to die, you know? So it's important that we do that. Absolutely. You're right. What would you say has been a big goal that you have seen yourself reach in your business? I think being able to provide for other people. You know, I think it's it's uh, it's exciting when uh, you watch other people find success and they find happiness. That's really exciting. I think when I was starting my company, it would it was very, very frightening. Wake up in the morning feeling like I wanted to cry, you know, or that I was going to throw up because it just, it's scary, you know, because you, you always depend on other people for income. Mm-hmm. You know, at Vivint Solar, it was every two weeks, whether or not things were busy or kind of more 
laid back, there was a nice paycheck that came into my account. Whereas in business, th- that's not available, you know? And so it's, it's uh, you, you kind of eat what you kill. And so you have to be gritty, you know, and you have to be willing to work and do hard things. And mm-hmm. if you do those things, then it pays off. If you don't, then you, you kind of are up a creek, you know? And so it was a huge accomplishment to kind of watch something take place with the help of I, I believe in God, and so I believe that He has helped a lot. You know, I, I feel like He gets all of the credit, and other people that are smart. I don't want to take exactly. any credit, but it's fun to kind of have a, you know, kind of a brainchild that's brought to life, and to actually see it working. You know, there's, it's fun to have an office space with, you know, our name on the front, and uh, it's exciting to see this thing that you kind of had in your mind become a reality. So that's that's been enjoyable. Amen, brother. You're absolutely right. God is definitely the author of bringing people and ideas and things together. And I think as we really just pay attention to however you choose to look at deity or higher power, if you just bring more of that openness into your own mindset and just accept it, like really lean into that, you find things do work out. You find that it's just even the difficulties, they seem to like, you seem to learn a lesson from each each trial, each experience. And then it helps make you the better and more prepared for even like things that we see happening right now that the country's weathering, you know, having that preparation in place and and preparedness. So, yes. So what has been something that you feel like you've learned as you've gone through your experiences and finances and analytics, um, like you said, at Viv and Solar and all of these areas? Like, what is something that you feel that you've seen as a result of your learning through those experiences, a personal growth that you saw in yourself that wasn't there before? Yeah, I think it's important for people. There's a great book by Carl, uh, Carol Dweck called Mindset. Really, really good book. And she discusses the difference between individuals that uh, have fixed mindsets and those that have growth mindsets. And she talks about the classroom and how she watched teachers that enabled her students to feel like they could accomplish anything, find a great deal of success. You know, And people that feel like they can't progress or that they are stuck with a certain intelligence level or ability get kind of stuck, you know, in life. And so what I've learned is that I can really do anything, anything at all that I put my mind to. Uh, anyone can. That's that's not exclusive to anybody. It's that anybody can become what they would like to become with enough effort. And that's what, what she really teaches, you know, in that book is that Einstein didn't come to earth with the IQ that he left it with. He came to earth and there were a lot of people that approached the theory of relativity with less enthusiasm than he had, and he stuck with it, you know? And so he he kept focusing and focusing and understanding that there was a solution to the problem. And his intelligence grew, his IQ grew through that experience. He didn't come with a ginormous IQ. It was something that was developed. And that's same with people's abilities. You know, if they're going to be a professional athlete, then they can grow into that. You know, if they're going to become a business leader, they can grow into that. If they want to become the world's best astronaut, then they can become that. Excluding, you know, physical ailments that, that they can't control. But for the most part, we can control a lot of, a, a lot of uh, factors that enable us to become whatever we would like to put our minds to. Yes, absolutely, my friend. That's so true. And thinking back to our days when we were in college and when we served um, as mentors to a lot of other our fellow students, if you could talk directly to one of those students that were in that same position that we were in during that time when we were trying to figure out 
what it was we wanted to do, especially after school and trying to figure out life, you know, in those early stages, what advice would you give to them if they had the same kind of similar idea to want to be able to go out there and serve and help others, but just didn't know the right step to take initially or didn't feel confident enough to take a step at all? Yeah, it's a good question. I think whether someone's religious or philosophical, scientific, whatever mindset they have, it, there's the, there's an aspect in life that requires faith in anything. Whether someone believes in God or not, when they enter a relationship, they have faith that they can make it work. They're excited about its potential. You know, they, they think of where it could be in the future if they really work at it. And that is the same with a business, you know, or anything we put our mind to. I think it requires some sort of faith in knowing that we have to put our foot forward into a dark place that we may not fully understand in the beginning, knowing that things can work if we put our heart into it, you know, and it, that it's a continual process. You know, I think a lot of times something that drives me crazy is when I see, you know, these Instagram accounts or Facebook individuals that say, hey, grow your business to a million dollars overnight. <laughs> Because that's never how it works. It's that's not truth. Mm-hmm. It's somebody trying to get someone else to buy a product. You know, a bit of a sneaky way of presenting it. Because any real growth and anything worth having requires real effort. You know, and it's any any real business that grows requires a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard times that kind of you know all end in a great experience and something that is worthwhile. You know, the the individual who started Nike wrote a book called Shoe Dog. It's by Phil Knight. And in that book, he talks about how at the very very beginning of the book, he sold an old car for $1,500 because he didn't have any money. You know, and he he used, he he bought a bunch of shoes from Japan and he stashed them in his parents' basement and he sold them at track meets with one of his good friends named Johnson. And then at the end of the book, um, after 17 years of really hard times and trying to figure things out and move through obstacles, he ends up uh, he ends up making he's worth 10 billion dollars and he's hanging out with uh, Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett. He sees him at the movie theater. But there's one thing that he said that's kind of affected my life in a really positive way. He said uh, he says the only thing I regret. He says I just wish I could go back and do it all over again. You know, and that's that's a really, really neat experience to be able to see that someone who had been that successful really just enjoyed the process, right? It was something that he really, really enjoyed this, the process of growing something and developing as a person and helping other people. And that was a, that was a really, really cool thing. It's one of my favorite books. It's a great book because there was a time when Nike actually went public and he, he overnight was worth $168 million. Um, and he was looking out his hotel window and he said, I didn't feel any different. You know, he says, I didn't feel any different at all once that happened. And it's because he had been kind of putting in all of this effort, you know, up to that point, he'd been putting in a lot of time and energy and it. it's, uh, it, that's what was meaningful to him. He'd built some great relationships with his friends and with people that he loved. And it was just a really, really cool experience for him. That is an awesome experience. That is, I I kind of feel the same way. Like I think building the relationships that I've been able to see as a result of being in college or being in workspaces, it does mean a lot more sometimes than the monetary stuff that you work for every day to survive because it's more long lasting and it's more beneficial to the soul. Yeah. Now, I know you're a relatively young man and you have a lot of life left in you to live. God willing, of course. But what would be, at this point, something that you would want to have your legacy be? If you were 
able to leave something with your family, friends, community, um, those around you that you know love you, what would be a legacy that you would want to leave and have your life be? Yeah, good question. I think Stephen R. Covey wrote a book called Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. And mm-hmm. one of the one of the habits, a great book, um, one of the habits that he mentions is this idea of begin with the end in mind. And so I think for me, it's really important to think about what I would like to have happen, you know, in my life at, at that point. And I would, I would want to make sure that my kids and my wife you know, and my, my family all said, dad loved people. You know, he, he loved people. It didn't matter how much I would never want my kids to say, boy, dad sure had a lot of money. You know, I think that will be something that happens. I want to have a lot of money uh, to be able to help people. I want to be able to do a lot of good for other people. I have a good friend who's, yeah, who's, who's uh, done very, very well. He's older, much older now, but he says, I'm just a distribution center. Money comes in and he just gives it away, you know, and that's, that's exactly what I want to have. So at the end of my life, I will have a lot of money, but I don't want that to be what I was remembered for. I want people to remember me for the way I loved other people and took care of other people. So I want my kids to think I want to be like dad because he, he took care of other people, you know? And so that's kind of the legacy I want to leave, you know, when that, when that time comes. And I know you will, having known you personally, you are honestly the exact same. And I, I really appreciate that, you know, whatever changes happen in your life, just remaining true to your inner core and to who you are. I think that's the biggest treat of having you as a friend and, and having you personally as a mentor. So thank you. Thank you so much for giving me your time and part of your busy day. Oh, thank you. It's good to talk to you, Dontrell. I appreciate it, my friend. Really appreciate it. Oh, anytime, brother. Thank you for listening to Morrow's Motivational Podcast. Please join us again next time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.